Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Washington football team nation, what is going on? We are back with another episode, Taking Time podcast. Um, season's over now, and we're so our favorite part. Well, usually our favorite part of the season because we've never made it to the playoffs. It seems like we always look forward to the off season. Two new GMs. One GM, one executive vice president. Todd, how you feeling? Man, we've been on a bit of a hiatus. Been eleven days. I guess that's our uh, postseason vacation <laughs> break. <laughs> Getting back to it. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I've been busy. I've been like very, very busy this past week and a half with some other stuff I've been working on. So I am feeling good, but I have been very busy while also trying to. To not to, while also trying to, you know, constantly produce stuff on Twitter and YouTube, which I need to do while other stuff. So I feel, I feel a little overwhelmed, but I'm good. How, how are you? Well, man, uh, busy. Um, I mean, I'm ready to talk football, man. Uh, this is, this is exciting times and it looks like we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about, especially looking forward towards free agent. See, and then we have a draft in about 98 days, a little under 100 days. So it's a lot to talk about and exciting times watching football fans. There definitely, there definitely is a lot to talk about. So, like, there's no shortage of conversations. I mean, the quarterback conversation alone is like 10 episodes worth of content, right? Uh, so, so part of the reason we haven't recorded in the last 11 days, at least probably up until about day five or six, was because we knew at some point GM. Was going to be announced, but like formally, we were waiting for the formal announcement because a couple of days ago we thought Marty Herney was GM. We didn't know what Martin Mayhew was going to be, and then we found out Mayhew was GM. We didn't know what Marty Herney was going to be, and so we actually got it right, perfect. Hey, and waited till the moment that right. all of that has been settled, so now we can actually talk about it, and it's like final. Martin Mayhew yeah. as the general manager. Marty Herney as the executive vice president of football and player personnel. There's a lot of uh, backlash, I think is the word, when a couple of days ago Marty Herney was being called as GM. Like a lot of people absolutely hated it. Uh, maybe <laughs> what do you think are the odds that that was leaked and then then the reaction to it is what made the shift to Martin Mayhew as GM title? I would put 1%, but it's just kind of funny how it happened. Yeah, yeah I, I would say 0% or anything lower. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. I think, I think what happened negative. was, yeah, right. <laughs> I think what happened was just people didn't have their information right. And Ron mm-hmm. trying to figure out certain titles and, and right. stuff like that. But also I, I heard something that 
maybe Mayhew wouldn't have been able to come over unless it was for the GM title. So maybe he switched it. Because mm. he was a VP. GM, both of them. So, okay. right. Yeah. He was a VP of, of player personnel in San Francisco. Um, so, okay, let's just talk about, let's talk about Martin Mayhew first. All right. So general manager. Now that's a, that's a, him as general manager is different than Scott McLuhan as general manager. And it's different from Bruce Allen as general manager. And before that, the team didn't have a general manager. They just had two friends hanging out and, and making decisions. The truth is, so feel how, however you feel, uh, feel however you will feel about Mayhew and Herney, but they are 100% football guys. Like they are not just buddies. They are not unqualified. If you want to say nepotism on Herney, I mean, you can say that, but he's, he's qualified in terms of experience. Uh, Washington has had qualified people in the past, but the problem is that their office has been at the, at the end of the hall in the corner where, Nobody goes down there. It stinks back there. And on the other end of the hall was Dan Snyder and Vinny Serrato or Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, and they were just making all the decisions. And so those people left and went somewhere else. Now you've got football people making the decisions with other football people. And that's just so, that's so significant. Barton Mayhew, well, for one, he was a player with Washington. All right, you can just go back to that. He won a Super Bowl with Washington in 91. Um, I will say that doesn't, give me any like extra feelings towards him. Like I don't, I personally don't care that he was a player 30 years ago because he wasn't like Doug Williams or John Riggins, you know, but he was, he was a a solid player. Granted it was was 30 years ago. Uh, So he's with the lions in 2001 as football, football, senior director of football administration. And then 2004 to 2008, senior vice president and assistant general manager. Then 08 to 15 general manager of Detroit. That's where people remember him, right? His name gets attached to the 0-16 season. Fact about that, though, uh, he was named GM at the end. He was named GM in December of 2018. He was assistant GM during the 0-16 season. Mm. So Matt Millen was the actual GM at the time. So Mayhew's first pick as general manager was Matthew Stafford. Went to the Giants for a year, then went to the 49ers as a senior personnel executive, then vice president of player personnel, now back as a GM. Um, I tweeted a video yesterday. So the Carolina Panthers did something interesting two years ago when they were interviewing GMs. They uh, they had them all do an interview with like the, their own network, the Panthers network, like GM candidates. And they were interviewing the GM candidates on their own Panthers network, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the question was, what have you learned in your time being away from the GM chair? Um, I guess going into your next opportunity or potential opportunity. And he just kind of said he compared his first time as someone, as a young player who gets into a game before he's ready and then gets back on the bench and has a chance to watch. He said he learned from being with uh, Jerry Reese. He'd only been with the 49ers for a year and just learn new ways to think and, and, and see things differently. And so he sounds like a man who's out and ready to prove himself again as a GM and wants to get the stain of the Lions off of him. So, and then on top of the fact that he is qualified, but it, it's meaningful to us, especially and to, to everyone. That, I mean, he's black. And so you've got a black team president, you've got a black GM, you've got a Hispanic coach, you've got the first full time black female coach, you've got a female VP of media. Uh, it's pretty huge, man. 
that's how I feel about it. How do you feel? I, I love it. And who have texted me personally and basically, you know, said, hey, you guys are, are killing it, you know, as far as diversity, as far as uh, Mayhew. In fact, one of my friends last night texted me and said, well, great. Looks like you all just landed Matt Stafford. And I started right. laughing. I said, <laughs> right. I said, really? You think so? He said, yeah. He said, Mayhew's good. And I was surprised because he, he like hates Washington, everything. And the fact that he said that, I was like, okay, well, maybe we got a good one. So I like him. Um, I like him. I think he played on 10 teams, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I think that adds knowing what it's like and what it takes to get to the glory days, especially in Washington. So I do think that has played a, a vital key. I also believe that him being with the 49ers, how this resembles, um, how this team resembles that 49ers team and pretty much in a way where um, they needed a quarterback. They got Garoppolo and uh, we need a quarterback. I wonder what his move is there. The defense, defensive line. Uh, we need some some linebackers. Uh, they had good linebackers. I mean, you think of um, a couple of the guys, uh, Warner, and um, he's very very good. Yes, and was he second round pick or? I think he was. He was not. I don't. I don't think he was a first rounder. Or if he was, he was late. Let me let me pull it up real quick. Uh, yeah, Warner drafted third round. You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. So. And dude is a baller, he and is. um, um, you, you gotta you gotta factor all those things in. And I think this is a good opportunity, and he has experience, like you mentioned before. I think him and uh, Herney are about forty eight years combined. That's also one to say, and uh, I think that's huge, that's vital, especially when it comes to trading. Because I know I don't know if we're gonna talk about Kyle Smith later, or we're gonna yeah. Uh, okay, so I just stick want, with Herney. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll stick we'll stick with Mayhew then right now. Yeah, then okay. I'll, I'll touch on Kyle later. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I love the hire. I, I think it's exciting. He gets another chance. He gets another, another crack at it, and he's in a, a good situation where we're on the cusp, and he has a, a an um, an opportunity to flip his um, his resume around to making his team a winning organization. Like he has his fingerprints now to pick the quarterback. And obviously it's not going to be him by himself, but he's the GM. So looking forward to it. Yeah. I, you know, and, and it's kind of, I mean, for one, I, and it's probably fair to say this about people coming to Washington, you know, it has been for the last 20 years and you hope that that time has passed, but it's kind of been the same with Detroit. Like they, they have just not had success as an organization. They've actually had la uh, uh, less success than Washington has. I think they haven't won a Super Bowl since like 58 or something. No, they had one eleven five season, and I'm trying to pull up their uh, their kind of history. They had a couple of their best years under uh, Martin Mayhew, and I'm trying to I can't find it, but um, I, I don't I don't feel like looking much harder. But they 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 found some success. They just you know they couldn't keep it going, um, and it's just hard to. I mean, I don't know how you fail and and you know, finding a franchise, not fail. You found a franchise quarterback and then being unable to build, build around them. I also think that the lions just have yes. done a poor job of bringing in the right head coach. I think Jim Caldwell was the closest they got and then they fired him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also I turned the video off because we kept freezing. So, <laughs> okay. 
But uh, I, I want to read this, what John Lynch uh, said about Martin Mayhew. Martin has played an integral, integral, an integral. <laughs> Martin has played an integral role in helping to establish a sustainable championship culture over the last four years. His skills as a talent evaluator and his counsel as a trusted advisor have positively impacted me and the 49ers organization. Personally, Martin has always been a loyal teammate and a tremendous friend to me and my family. We are excited for him to take on this new opportunity at an organization with which he has so much history. On behalf of our entire team, we wish Martin nothing but the best. So I'm just, I'm happy that they brought in a guy who has experienced, like I would have been happy if it was Kyle Smith. I would have been happy if it was, it was what Cowden or Jojo, whatever, um, mm-hmm. or if it was Sh- Sh- Sean Sheen from the Bills. Yeah. Right. Sure. I mean, they're all qualified guys they're all qualified they all have experience they've all had success so i'm happy about martin mayhew and at the end of the day i mean they all report to ron rivera all of them you know and that's that's backwards from what we're used to usually you'd go hire gm gm hire coach find a quarterback but this method has worked in other places i'm fine with it i don't really think it matters tay who's in charge because it's not like they're walking around every day and Ron's like, I'm your boss, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's about working well together. That's really all that matters. Yeah. And I think Ron is bringing in people who he knows he can work well with. That doesn't mean people who are going to tell him what he wants to hear. I think that's the opposite, actually. He wants people who are going to come in and know their stuff and will challenge him and will tell him. That's what Jason Wright said. People who will challenge him, people who will, will be real and honest with him, but people who can work well with them. So when you had these relationship strains in the past in this organization and the front office and otherwise it's because people, it was because you're, you were taking pieces from different board games and putting them on this the one game, you know, you're playing monopoly with life pieces, you're with Uno cards, all that sort of thing. And it's like, well, this doesn't work, but now you've got the right pieces for the right game. And now you can move forward. So that's, that's exciting. Um, Marty Herney now. Okay. Now his title is what sticks out and I'm glad we waited for that to come out before recording. Uh, he is the executive vice president of football and player personnel. That title sounds familiar because Kyle Smith's title is vice president of player personnel. So you're missing the executive in there, which means clearly that Herney is at another level than Kyle Smith. Uh, and what that would tell me now, before when we thought Herney was GM and it sounded more like he would be a, a more football operation side and and not strictly personnel. This is different than that, right? This is Herney is in charge of personnel, which means that Kyle Smith is not in charge of personnel, which tells me that I think Kyle Smith is gone. Like I, I wasn't entirely convinced because, you know, we just hadn't, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but I am convinced that he has probably gone this off season, but uh, I'm, I'm going to guess maybe after the draft uh, because the people who leave before the draft are being hired for promotions, but scouts and all that stuff that the personnel department turnover doesn't happen until after the draft, because they've been working this whole time on this draft. Kyle Smith and his guys have been working on this draft. So you'd have to not start from scratch, but you'd be taking their work and then taking it over midway through. Like the this the draft season started back in like August, you know? All right. So I think I could see Kyle Smith sticking around and then making a lateral move. Maybe he goes to the 49ers and takes Martin Mayhew's job. 
who was the VP of player personnel, which is what Kyle Smith is now. Um, we can touch on that more in a moment. Herney has an interesting past. He, uh, he was a journalist in the D.C. area covering the team, became public relations department, or joined Washington Redskins public relations department when Jack Kent could. Jack Kent. I can't talk today. <sighs> he joined the public relations department when Jack Kent Cook asked him to. Now, it was definitely different back then, Tate, because he went from public relations to assistant general manager, uh, which is like that's weird. That that d- wouldn't happen nowadays. But anyway, he was the GM for the Panthers for a number of years, for 10 years, and then again for three years. Uh, Herney is the name people hate because he's old fashioned. He's not mm-hmm. as analytical. And then the, the word on him is that he's good in the first round, but after that, he's not good. I'll tell you what, I'm going to just wait and see how he performs here. I'm not going to bash. I, I'll admit it's not exciting. I'd be more excited if it was a young up and cover than a guy who's mm-hmm. been doing it for years and has had mixed success and has been fired. I'll give you that. But I'm not, I'm not like, I don't think it's over. I don't think we're done. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'll give it three, four, how many, five years and see how they draft, see how they perform before I'm ready to, uh, you know, crucify the guy. I think a good example of not overreacting is we were all very excited when Scott McLoon was hired. And I think he was a great guy. But I mean, his 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 first round picks were Brandon Sheriff, Josh Doxson. You know, he took um, who did he take? Sue Cravens in the second round. Yeah, Sue. Yeah. You know, and Matt Jones was supposed to be a big deal. So he like everyone has their misses. Like he had his misses, and Herney has his misses. He's also had some hits, and so also you do get credit for first round picks in my book. Because right. they're because look at the Browns and the reason they've been bad for so many years is because they've had so many first round picks and almost all of them have been busts. Mm-hmm. And now that they've started to hit on some of those first round picks as well as find a good head coach, they're having success. So Hardy having success in the first round matters to me because to me, a first round bust is is equivalent to, you know, a multiple mid round busts. And a first round, you know, it's like you cannot miss in the first round. Like you can't. To me, if you can hit in the first round, that matters. And then, but you do have to be able to follow that up. Um, so Herney's going to be in charge of personnel. Are you mad, Tay? Are you fuming, raging? Or, or I know you're not, but I'm <laughs> just setting you up. <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm actually fine. I, you know, um, it doesn't take much to make me mad. You know, obviously, the only thing that would make me mad right now is just be firing Ron. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, but what people what don't understand is it's so much is so much to GM or executive player. But there's there so is. much to that and stuff. And there's so that, many other people involved. Exactly. So Kyle Smith has not run the draft by himself. Yeah, I mean, no, he's not. He's not in a room by himself making every decision, scouting every player. That's what I'm saying, you know. And and Herney, I think he'll. Herney's been in the business for 28 years. He's been in the business longer than we've been alive. It's crazy, you know. And and he needs. I know. I know. Kyle Smith had AJ Smith as his father, but you, you got to think what Ron's looking at right now. He's looking at. I'm not trying to. Yeah, it would be nice to have an up-and-coming guy, but I need guys who can do their job without me watching them and have to worry about, oh, is he, you know, 
I hope he, you know, I hope he's not going to get um, bamboozled on this trade with yeah. the Detroit or or the or the Houston. You know, he needs somebody that while he's focused on football, these two guys are on the phone. They're working the phone lines, and Kyle right. Smith could be there right. watching these guys to see how they work. Right, because it'd, right. Be, it'd be it'd be bad. I, he, Kyle Smith hasn't even orchestrated a trade, you know. Like, <laughs> so so how can we put him as GM? You know, yeah. he hasn't he hasn't talked with other agents. You know, as far as keeping players happy and stuff, that's the GM's job, and we have to think about all of those things. Yeah, that's a phenomenal point. Keep going. And and I think what Herney and what Mayhew has is that experience of talking to agents of players, of yeah. of fix of. of trying to get the contracts figured out of, of facilitating trades and not getting bamboozled and being able to let Ron work and they come together and say, all right, Ron, this is what we got from so-and-so. We think this, we think this. And in the past, they moved up to this spot by giving up this. Is this too much? You know, and he right. shouldn't, Ron, Ron shouldn't have to worry about getting bamboozled in a trade. He should just worry about football. And then when they have the, when they have the plan, They'll come to Ron and Herney and, and Mayhew, and hopefully Kyle Smith will stick along and just try to learn from them, and they'll be there and 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 just relay the message to Ron, and then Ron gives the approval, he gives the okay, and he'll trust those guys, you know? Yeah. You made a great point, Tay, when you, you talked about Kyle Smith and, and executing trades and communicating with agents and teams and that sort of thing. Kyle Smith is a scout, like, at heart. So – like he's a scout who is growing and becoming, you know, a front office executive. I mean, he is a front office, I guess, technically not executive because he doesn't have executive in his title, but he's a front office VP. He's growing into becoming a general manager, becoming that guy, but he has not done it. He has been in charge of putting together the draft board of scouting talent, of working with his scouting team, his department, and, and, and working inside the organization on how to find talent, Right. And as of last year, last year, he went into uh, not just the draft, but also free agency. He's had one year as vice president of player personnel. Okay. There's a reason why he has not been headhunted for GM positions. And it's because at this point, he may have the skill to get there, but he does not have the experience. Uh, Martin Mayhew, uh, contrast, right? He Mm -hmm. was the senior director of football admin for two years. And then he was the senior VP and assistant GM for four years. So for seven, seven or eight years, he worked with the Lions as a senior, senior in his title and assistant GM before he became a GM. Mm -hmm. He was a senior director and a senior VP and an assistant GM for seven years. Kyle Smith was a scout for five. And then for two years, he's been director of just college personnel and now VP of player personnel. And that's why Ron Rivera is sitting here and saying, there is so much to this GM role. And Kyle, I know your dad was a GM. And Kyle, I know you're a good evaluator, but there is more to being a GM than just evaluating talent. There is a lot more to GM than just evaluating talent. And he he has been under Bruce Allen, and he's been under Scott McLuhan for a couple of years, who was probably more legit, but he hasn't really seen it actually done well, right, and properly by real football people. So... No, Kyle Smith is not qualified to be GM right now in Washington or anywhere else, or people would have called Tate. No one even called to interview him. Exactly. So I'm not bashing him. And I'm, he's, a, he's clearly good at what he does, but he's not experienced enough to be GM. And, and Ron wants, like you said, a guy who is experienced and who knows how to communicate in and around the league, who has built relationships 
all yeah. around the league who, you know, you call a team up and, hey, man, how's, it, how's your wife? How are the kids? All mm-hmm. right, now let's talk a trade. You know, and who, who who understands all of that. And Kyle, no doubt, will get there. Like, he, I think he's going to be a GM at some point oh, yeah, soon. Sure. And I think he's going to be very good at it. But he needs more than just one year of experience as vice president of player personnel. Because you don't go from director of college scouting to GM. That's to me, sounds like going from a positional coach, to a position coach to a head coach, which you don't see yeah. often. Yeah. So, and you made a great point when you just talked about this, the communicating and, and, and Ron just wants, yeah, I, and so like, I think Kyle will leave because that's what everyone's saying, but at the same time, Kyle would gain valuable experience by working with Martin Mayhew, by working under him and then getting an assistant GM role for a year or two, for a couple of years and then moving on. Right. I agree. I think, yeah, I think for him, I think, I mean, obviously everybody wants to be a GM. Yeah, of um, course. I want to be know, a GM. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I think for him, it's a great opportunity, and I don't know how he looks at it. I don't know how he views it, but it's a great opportunity for up and coming team, a team that's starting to get a lot of publicity, to just stick and sit under, and and just not relax, but just gain as much knowledge as you can. Develop just like we develop players. Let's develop him. And right. then we'll send them off eventually, you know. And, yeah. and I think hopefully he has that mindset. But if not, obviously he'll need to go somewhere else. But yeah, um, the, the, if I were him, I think this is a perfect opportunity to just learn and glean. But everybody's mindset is different, so we, we don't yeah. know. I mean, you know, it'll do what's best for him. And I know I'm pretty sure that he's he is from. Let me go back. Uh, Kyle Smith. I mean, his dad was with in San Diego, you know, for mm-hmm. a number of years. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's from the West Coast. Uh, born okay, well, no, he was born in Rhode Island, grew up in Buffalo, mm-hmm. area scout. Um, but he, I guess, he spent a number of years on the West Coast. I, I think his dad is, I don't know, somewhere he might just be in Hawaii right. retirement, but maybe he just wants somewhere, maybe he wants to be somewhere else, like geographically. Yeah, yeah. When you look at Kyle Smith and then you look at Sean McVay and you look at Kyle Shanahan and you look at Matt LaFleur and all these guys who left and, and who made it out the door and have, are having success. I get all that and it sucks to see, but when you look at the timing of each situation, exactly. we couldn't name Sean McVay head coach at the time. We couldn't name Matt LaFleur head coach at the time. We couldn't name Kyle, Kyle Shanahan head coach at the time. I mean, that relationship also- so severed also also with that they were developed by masterminds so i mean they were they all sat under mike shanahan (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) you know and and so what um um, what's uh sean mcveigh left in 2017 which was what three years after jay gruden had been hired and you know you were gonna like the timing has just never been right like good like gosh try to say this right People leave from organizations and go on to have success. People are homegrown through organizations and go on to have success elsewhere all the mm-hmm. time. Right. I know Sean McVay sticks out because he was so young and he's like a genius, but I'm just saying, look, I, I, I don't think that Kyle Smith staying here as GM guarantees success and him leaving does not guarantee demise. Uh, he, he, I could just picture the conversation going on like this with Mayhew and Herney. Hey, uh, Kyle, I want you to facilitate this this talk to this agent right. you know and and, right. and and see what it takes to get this player you know and just teaching him and helping him and, and just yeah. building his credit credibility of you know in the front office i mean and they seem like 
there's one thing that seems about Mayhew and Herney and Ron. Ron's going to surround himself with also good people. He's clearly a good guy. Like Ron Rivera is clearly a good guy. I don't believe maybe, and this is just based on believing that on knowing that Ron is a good guy and, and how he deals with people. Like, I don't feel like the relationship between him and Kyle Smith has soured. Also, I'm willing to guess that Ron has communicated to Kyle Smith. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I would imagine that Ron and Kyle sat down and Ron said, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring in some guys who I've experienced with, who have been doing it for years. If I would love for you to stay and work with us, work with them, get experience. If you want to move on, I understand. That I would imagine, I'm confident that's a conversation that's happened. The yeah. funny thing about all this, Tay, is these jobs, like these front office jobs are much more normal jobs than just being a football player but they get mm-hmm. talked about so much too. And it's like, <laughs> these guys are just going to work every day, going to the office every day, just like we are getting yeah. on their computer every day, just like we are. And here we are yeah. so analyzing. Like, we, we know what's going on. We have no idea. We have no, no idea. idea. But if I'm guessing Ron is clearly a good guy and a good communicator, I'm willing to bet that he has communicated to Kyle Smith, his plans, Kyle, no, Kyle wasn't. I don't think Kyle Smith was shocked when he wasn't interviewed for GM. I feel like mm-hmm. they sat down at some point last year or early, probably before the season or after the season. And he understands what's going on and he's going to make his decision and that there will be no bad blood. That's my best guess. If it was, if it was Bruce Allen, I think Kyle Smith can't wait to get out the door and he hates mm-hmm. the guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, Jason Wright, I wanted to read Jason Wright, uh, Wright's tweet. And I also want to mention something uh, Kevin Sheehan had mentioned and talked about, you know, Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney and Ron Rivera and how sometimes guys, and this could go for anything, go for a sport. Like, you know how some players end up, they get drafted or signed to a situation and they're a good player, but they end up in a situation that just doesn't work out. It just doesn't happen. Or, and if you had ended up in a better situation, things could have gone better and you could have had more success as a whole. And I think with Marty Herney and Mayhew and Ron and, and maybe – the situations that they'd been in previously just weren't just perfect, right? They weren't exactly what they needed to be to maximize their ability to perform at the highest level. And maybe, and we can hope that this is that situation of them coming in back together, having had some success, also having had failures, having been able to, to learn from being fired, all three of them to come together now and work together to do this thing together. It could be the ideal combination. I'm just saying, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be overly optimistic. I'm not going to be pessimistic. I'm just going to be hopeful because a couple of things. One, I have all, I've said this lots of times. If you don't have hope, what do you have? You got nothing. Two, mm-hmm. what is happening this time with the Washington football team is absolutely in no way the same as anything that's happened previously, okay? Like, there's no doubt about that. On the football side and on the organizational side with Ron, with uh, Mayhew, with Jason Wright, with uh, – the name change with Julie Donaldson, like that is all never happened. This is all brand new. Now, will the result be new? I mean, that's the question, right? Ultimately, we don't know if the result will be different, but the method is 100% different than anything we've seen in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. So we hope that the result will be different. Uh, Jason Wright said, just met with Martin and uh, Martin and Marty, just met Martin and Marty with coach. You could feel the confidence the steadiness of the combined wisdom of uh, more greater than 50 NFL years in the room. They're already collaborating seamlessly as a team from Ron down. Football is in the hands of selfless, thoughtless, thoughtful leaders. I'm excited. I almost said thoughtless leaders, thoughtful leaders. <laughs> and then you take, so you take guys like Marty Herney, 
Martin Mayhew, Ron Rivera, Jason Wright, who really all seem like high character guys. And we'll just see what happens, man. Um, If you love a good chicken sandwich, you have to go to Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. They are a minority-owned, veteran-owned small business, and they've brought Nashville-style hot chicken to the D.C. area. Their chicken sandwich is one of the best you'll ever have, and you can't get it anywhere else. Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. Look them up. Try it out. You won't regret it. So, okay, the last thing I want to do is I want to ask you a couple things, and then we'll do our If We Were the GM what we would do this off season. Uh, First thing I want to ask you is the question of the day yesterday was, would you rather sign Allen Robinson for about 21, 20 to 22 million a year, four years, you know, something like that, four years, 80, 84 million, or would you rather sign Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel for somewhere in the range of about 24 combined between the two? Uh, For me, I think it, I think it depends who's quarterback. Um, personally, if say if you do get a, a Stafford, you ideally you want somebody that can catch a jump ball. And I, I haven't watched much tape from Corey Davis yet, but I know Allen Robinson can go get it. Right. And and um, ideally, that's what you would want for that quarterback. On the flip side, if you have a rookie, possibly or someone who won't take as many chances, so say you, it'll, I think it would personally be best that you keep a that you get a um a Curtis Samuel or a Corey Davis that way they can kind of grow in that relationship whereas in a Stafford he's in win now mode you know he's trying to win a championship with between three and four years Allen Robinson he's trying to win a championship between three and four years he's 28 and I think you just go with the flow with that but um it depends on the quarterback it depends on on the chance on the uh, circumstances but ideally personally I think I would lean more to Corey Davis and and, and um, Sam Samuel because I like from what I've seen so far, and I haven't studied Corey Davis in depth yet, but he's improved each and every year. He's a big body. I think he complements Terry very well, and then Samuel that pretty much rounds out that three that three wide receiver set. He can play in the backfield. He can do he can do a lot of gadget stuff with him, Gibson, McKissick. So I, I like that. Okay. Yeah, I've been debating back and forth. I feel like I would go Allen Robinson uh, mainly because, first of all, I've been high on him since he came out, since he was drafted. I just think that you are getting, I think if you bring in Terry and you've got Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel, you've got like weapons. You've got a solid, a solid, solid, good wide receiver room, good group. But I think if you've got Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, and then even a guy that you draft or shoot, I'm not done with Steven Sims Jr. I'm just going to say that. But in the slot, but you find a good slot option, Terry and Allen Robinson to me immediately with a solid quarterback become one of the top wide receiver duos in the league. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like elite, like which one do we focus on? You mm-hmm. know, so that's that's just the route I would go. I don't think there's a wrong answer. I just kind of found it interesting. And I want to add, the more I think about it, and I'm going to tweet out Curtis Samuel today, uh, I don't see a scenario where they don't sign Curtis Samuel. I mean, he was drafted by Herney while Ron was there, while Scott was there. Uh, 
he's super um, um, versatile, position versatility. He lines up in the backfield, takes handoffs from under center, from the gun, uh, in the rounds, all that stuff. Slot option, he's, he's you know, essentially what Steven Sims and Isaiah Wright were this past season for Scott Turner, which I think he would absolutely love to have. And he's going to be cheap. I don't see him costing more than $10 million a year. So uh, is, it possible, is it possible to get him and Robinson, you think? I feel like I feel like the reason you wouldn't do that is because you wouldn't want to invest like thirty million dollars at wide receiver right now. Okay, so but they my, went. My, but then my thing is, you're about to you. We were about to offer Cooper that much, pretty much. You were. They were offering so Cooper what twenty two? I see. I think I think I could see them going after Robinson alone, based on the fact that they went after Cooper for around twenty to twenty two million a year. Right. I think if they get. If they wanted and they if they went after and got Robinson, I think that that would be their move. If they got Curtis Samuel, I think I could see them adding another like a like a Marvin Jones, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yeah. I, but but the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, they're they're gonna sign Curtis Samuel. Like I'm, it, it he's he was everyone who picked him and would use them is here. He's so, but we'll see what happens. Um, the other thing was regarding Deshaun Watson quickly and just uh, there's been some comparisons to Deshaun Watson and what you would have to give up to what was given up to acquire RG3 and the fact that it didn't work with RG3 as being a measuring stick or proof that it may not necessarily work with Deshaun Watson and also that um, Deshaun Watson was on the Texans and they didn't have success because they traded away picks for Laramie Tunsil and stuff. And I just think all of that is just crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, first of all, comparing Deshaun Watson to RG3 is just wrong. RG3 was, was not, a, is not a top five you know, MVP level quarterback. And also, you're going to spend a first round pick on quarterback one way or another if you want a guy, whether it's trading for Matthew Stafford, whether it's trading up in the draft and giving up probably an extra one, you're giving up one or maybe two first round picks. And then you give up these picks, which will all be given up this year, next year, maybe the year after. And then after that, it's back to business as usual. And you could still find ways to add to your team and to improve your team while also having a franchise quarterback. So I just, it's just a difference of opinion, but uh, being worried about giving up that much for Deshaun Watson because of what happened with RG3 just doesn't, it's, it's like uh, a guy, a, a Matt who I talked to, Matt Schoen, I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, man, but we talk a lot about quarterback stuff, especially, and he said it's, it's basically like saying this, I asked out a girl once and she said yes, the date didn't go well, so I won't ask another girl again, like, it's not the <laughs> same thing, it's a different player, it's a different situation, uh, so I just wanted to say that, that there's, there's no comparison for a trade for Deshaun Watson because it's never happened. And I don't necessarily think it will, but it's never happened. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think that's even worth uh, talking about. Cause like you said, RG three and, and Watson are two different players. Right. And um, <laughs> like yeah. you said, I don't, I don't even know if a player like this has ever become available no i i think the at closest is jacob at this yeah. age and at that level of, he was still very very good this year right. they went four and 12 or or whatever four and 12 i think and he was still mm-hmm. very good 
But their team, I mean, you heard J.J. Watt go off and you see all the dysfunction they have at the top. Just, you know, it's they've clearly got some issues there. Their defense is terrible. Um, Okay, so let's just do before we get off, let's do our uh, our mock offseason. If if we were the GM talking Mm -hmm. about free agency and then um, not necessarily specific players, like if you want specific players, you would draft or at least specific positions you would target with picks. So do you want to go first or me to go first? Yeah, I go first. Okay. All right. So of it. first first order of business would be to get my quarterback. Okay. Um, I think personally, I have fallen in love with Matthew Stafford as of last night. Okay. I watched some <laughs> as Mike- of last night. <laughs> I watched, <laughs> I watched some, some mic'd up videos, and I actually watched the one against Washington. Um, from, from this the, past from yeah, from this season. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, I saw him mention to Terry. He said, man, you're a baller, dude. Keep, you know, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. And I was like, man, right. how, how lethal could that combination be? Oh, man. And, oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> and just how he gives his receivers opportunities and opportunities. I think he will fit well with Logan Thomas. I think he will fit well with um, Terry. I think he fit well with giving our receivers chances yeah, and he's just. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? He's just. Oh my goodness, that dude just plays ball. And yeah. then after that, after so what that, are you? So I, what are you I, giving up for Matthew Stafford? Okay, so hopefully, I can get him for a two, a four, and a two for next year. All right, two, two, four. All right, cool. I like that. I like that. Two, 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 four. Two. All right, got you. So two, two this year, four this year, two next year. Yeah, and the most I would be willing is. What one and three? No, just one period. Just one. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Or one this year and three next year. I will say to your credit, the two, two, four versus like one and maybe something else. Teams can see different values. Like one first rounder may not be. They may like two twos better than one first rounder. It just yeah. depends. So, okay, so two, two, four, two for Matthew Stafford. Two, four, two. Yeah, All right, two, four, you kept two. nineteen. That's phenomenal. All right. Yeah, keep 19. So then we're going into free agency. Right. And then I'm going to target Allen Robinson, first order of business. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try to give him about 20 a year for three years. Like, like, like we posted on three and 60, three and 60. Yep. Okay. Next order of business, but to get big sheriff back. Mm, Got you. Okay. Um, Probably franchise maybe again depending on what we can agree on. Right. Um, then I'm going to go and I'm going to get Shaq Thompson. Okay. I want to give him about, I don't know the, the price range, but gotcha, I, gotcha, I, I can't, yeah, I can't really figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then still in free agency, then I'm going to go ahead and try and get a, um, I think we're good. I think we'll be good. Maybe maybe add some depth at, at linebacker. Um, I think we'll stand pat. Maybe a Jonu Smith. Mm, yeah, Tennessee I like that one. I like that one. To kind of balance out that, that yeah, tight end. You group. do need to do something at tight end for sure. Just to get in, yeah, get some get some more pop there. Right, right, right. Then we're headed to the draft. We still got 19. 19, we're going linebacker from Notre Dame, Owusu. Mm, okay. Or we're going, hopefully, if he drops, Waddle. Mm. 
And that I, would be crazy. I think what you target with those with that first pick is middle linebacker and wide receiver or middle linebacker, wide receiver, left tackle. Okay. Considering you have you. your quarterback, considering we already have Stafford. So third round, yeah. third round, we're targeting linebacker. You got safety. a second rounder too. No, my bad. You traded your second. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Third, third so rounder. Third, third, we're gonna go safety. Okay. And then the rest of the draft will just fill out. So yeah. That, what about that, your second third? Second oh yeah, I forgot the second third. We're gonna go. Ah man, you might go offense or, or linebacker again. Okay. So I think Depending the needs on... I think the needs in in, in free in um the draft, you go wide, wide receiver, not no particular order, wide receiver, right. middle linebacker, safety, free safety. Okay. Got you. All right. Oh, and, and I'm re-signing Darby. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Resign Darby. I like that too. Resign Darby. All right. So and Fabian Monroe. He's a free agent, right? I think so. Yeah, I believe he is. He'd probably be cheap, man. Yeah. Like two he years, five million. Saying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can never figure out how to spell Moreau. I can I just never, I can never, I just am lost. Um, Actually, I think I got it. M-O-R-E-A-U. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> So you're trading two twos and a four for Matthew Stafford. You're signing Allen Robinson, 360. You're, you're re-signing Sheriff. You're signing Shaq Thompson, Johnu Smith, bringing in some other linebacker depth, re-signing Darby and Moreau. Draft the 19, you're looking linebacker. You're looking Owusu, Owusu, Waddle, or like maybe Leatherwood tackle. Mm -hmm. And then in the third round, based on how the first round goes, you lost your second round. You're, you're looking either wide receiver, tackle, or linebacker as well with the two-thirds. Mm -hmm. Or safety. All right. Okay. All right. For me. All right. So I'm gonna follow your methodology. I'm gonna go Matthew Stafford. All right. Uh, I just. I'm gonna since you said two four two. I'm gonna go one and four. You think one and four would be enough? I think so. I hope so. <laughs> I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna one go and three. Yeah. I'm gonna go one and three and assume a little a little worst case. Not worst yeah. case, but you know. Matthew Stafford for one and three. All right. Um, now, just like you, I'm going to go Allen Robinson. Absolutely. Okay. Like Allen Robinson and Terry McLaurin with Matthew Stafford. Allen Robinson will want to come here with the, with the legit quarterback in place. Cause mm -hmm. you've agreed to this trade prior to free agency. I'm going to sign him for four years, 84 million. Mm. You know, also, also what plays a factor is he's played against Stafford, so I'm sure he knows his. Uh, oh man, yeah, he's probably sitting there watching Stafford. He plays against yeah. him twice a year, and he's yeah. sitting there with Mitch. And okay, <laughs> um, I'm gonna franchise tag Sheriff mm -hmm. because I'm just gonna do that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna sign Levante David. From the Ooh, Bucks. Okay. 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 Um, okay. I don't know. Maybe let's say two years. Uh, I don't know, like 30 million, maybe something mm. like that. Uh, I'm trying to decide between Johnny Smith and Gerald Everett. I think I'm gonna go Everett because he's cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got like some, some decent there. Todd Everett for probably like two years, 10 million. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm also going to resign Darby. I'm also going to resign Darby and I'll resign Darby um, and Moreau. Um, let me see. And then I'm probably giving Darby three years, 
33. Okay. Maybe, I don't, maybe something like that. Uh, I'm not making a big move at safety because we just have too much tied up at safety with Landon Collins. So sure. I'm, I'm not going to type any more money there. And a wide receiver, I may look to bring in someone else cheap, um, like cheap, cheap though, because I just paid Robinson so much. Uh, let's see. Actually, I'll probably get wide receiver in the draft. So I've got a wide receiver. I've got my my left, my right guard, um, my linebacker, my tight end, cornerbacks, uh, whatever tightened up. So wide. Uh, so in the draft, I don't have my first. So second round, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go linebacker. I don't have. I'm not. I haven't dove into the defense enough in the draft, so I can't tell you who I'm taking there. But second round, I'm looking linebacker. I'm also looking wide receiver uh, because it's a deep wide receiver class, mm-hmm. right? And then with my third, I'm going to look linebacker, wide receiver, and safety. And then same in the fourth round. And why I tied it on top of that. And then I've got my quarterback, wide receiver is taken care of, tight end is taken care of. I should have my middle linebacker. I think you're good to go. And you are at that yeah. point, I mean, at that point, barring just like major, major injuries, like you are absolutely contending for a division title <laughs> and home playoffs. Yeah. Right? Super Bowl <laughs> level, we'll see if we're at that level, yeah. you know, but you're definitely contending for it because you've got a legit quarterback with legit weapons with a legit defense. Exactly. <laughs> Man, that'd be that'd be cool. I if I can make a statement about the offseason, it's that I think Matthew Stafford is going confident he is going to be traded it's just a matter of if it's to washington or the colts or the 49ers in my opinion those are the three teams and opinion. how soon would how soon would you like to get that trade done i'm assuming before free agency right? yeah i think it would be agreed to sometime in like february mm. um kind of like what we saw with uh, alex smith right, uh, right? so just how a many matter- years do you think how many years do you think you get out of I mean, seeing that Brady's playing for 45. Right, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm looking at uh, because you got – and also the Matthew Stafford injury-prone thing is is not really – it's not true. Uh, yeah. he, for one, he when he gets hurt, he typically plays through it, and he yes. has not missed very many games at all in his career. So, I mean, look, I think you're getting five years out of him at least. Yeah, at least. Like, I, I yeah, minimum I think you're getting five years. Maybe if he's playing at a high level – like still your unquestioned starter, maybe you're getting seven, eight, maybe seven, he's going yeah. till 40. Yeah. Uh, and in his career, so he started 10 games as a rookie and then three games in 2010 and then did not miss a game until 2019 where he missed half the season. And then this year again, did not miss a game. What was his stats this year? You, you know? Yeah. He uh, completed 64% of his passage for 4,084 yards 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 38 sacks, <laughs> 96.3 quarterback rating. rating. <laughs> and I mean, the Lions um, have the seventh pick, right? They finished, what, 5 and 11, I think? Yeah. Man. And whew, <laughs> give him, and give, giving him Allen Robinson would take him. Well, I mean, Kenny Galladay was hurt, didn't have, you know, all his weapons. Having, man, ha- Allen Robinson and, and Terry McLaurin would be up there with the, the wide receiver duos he's had. Maybe yeah. on the Nate Burleson, Calvin Johnson kind of scale. Right, right. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. And I tell you what, he will get them the ball. 
Yes, he would. Oh my! And his pump fakes, man. I was watching him last night. Right. This dude step up in a pocket. His pump fake, man. I, I'm I'm yeah. all in for Stafford. Uh, he's my number yeah. one choice and 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 as quarterback. And I mean, if you can, you know, I think the line is for one. The line is is not is not terrible. Like I've said, I'm going to go back and look at all 50 sacks. Uh, but if you can really emphasize getting him really good protection, then it's definitely. I mean. You know, if you go in the first round, if you don't use your first rounder for him and then you go in the first round to get left tackle and you maybe you sign somebody as well and you just really beef up the line so he can drop back and have time back there. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah that the thing be... is, he gets the ball out quick. I remember when we played him, we cannot get to him because no, either right. his O-line was really good or we just could right. not. Or he just gets he, the ball out really he, fast. He, he knows. He's He's really good. He, the Lions are the only team that could have a true franchise quarterback for <laughs> 11 years and just fail to build around him. That's worse. The only thing worse than not being able to find a franchise quarterback is finding one and not knowing how to use them. Yeah. But, okay, that's all I've got for today, Tay. Yeah, that's, that, that's – I'm, I'm cool. Let's just see what we got, man. And hopefully – I don't think we'll, we're expecting any more major news, right? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, maybe they. Maybe, I mean, I don't think they'll make any other changes to personnel on the back end until after the draft. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think we'll see anything big unless it's a player. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Congrats to Dwayne Haskins for signing with the Steelers. I hope that yeah. he uh, finds success and you know matures in the areas that he needs to and improves as a player to have success. Yeah, they signed him to a future reserve contract, right? Gotcha. Yeah, he, just to be clear, and he'll be he'll be fighting for his spot, so he'll really have to be on it because uh, he'll be fighting for a roster spot, right? Uh, probably to, through camp and stuff. Um, is there anything yeah. we forgot to talk about, man? I feel like there's definitely something we forgot to talk about, but we can talk about uh, it next time. Hot chicken kitchen. We definitely <laughs> forgot to talk about hot chicken kitchen. <laughs> you gotta go, man. If you're listening this far, you have to go. That I heard place you went so good. on Saturday this past Saturday. Took yes. you there. Yes. He, he loved Bro, it. Huh? He loved it. I have to go down to base. I'm sorry. The, <laughs> the afterburner is too hot for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I went <laughs> down to base, too, and it's it's improved my experience because I am I like spicy, but I'm not like a spice crazy guy. And that after, after just to be clear, everybody, afterburner is level two. There's four yeah. levels. <laughs> afterburner is two, and we're going back to one. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you love spice, man, that's the spot for you. I can't imagine four. I can't imagine the medic. No, I can't. I can't. I think I would actually need a medic. I think I would actually need to go to the hospital. Yeah, but definitely would. That place is so good, man. The the chicken sandwich is so, so, so good. And I'm not even lying. Like I'm not. No, this is. We're not reading a script. Like we're speaking from firsthand experience. Like seriously, yeah. Uh, the the only problem with that place is that there's only one and it's, and it's in Woodbridge, but that won't be yeah. for long because they are they've got tons of foot traffic. People are coming in, they're getting lots of business. They'll be you know they they'll have franchise opportunities, and before long you'll see them popping up. And um, it's it's cool to be a part of it early on because they're going to be successful, sure. dude. They've got a really good recipe for success, pun intended. Yep. Yeah, pun intended. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we'll talk again here soon. It won't be another uh, eleven day gap, right? Tay, we'll 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 start working on some series and some uh, draft draft stuff, and and having guests on, and and just talk about the team and the organization, and the future, and then players specific. 
uh, players and, and specific, specific player groups, free agents and draft. And so, I mean, we got to find some way to fill the time and that's it, right? Because right, right. this is not the dead period. The dead period is after the draft. May, June, and July is the dead period. Yeah, we got to milk yeah. this as much as we can. Um, all right, well, we'll talk to you again soon. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. This is Todd. And this is Tay. We're out. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.